So today's guest, sort of, is Derek Sivers. Hi, my name is Derek Sivers. Who is Derek Sivers, you ask? Well, Derek Sivers started CD Baby by accident in 1997 after requests from other independent musicians for him to sell their CDs on his website. CD Baby became the largest seller of independent music on the web with over $100 million in sales for over 150,000 musician clients. In 2008, Sivers sold CD Baby. His current projects and writings are at Sivers.rs. In 2013, Sivers launched Wood Egg, which published guides doing business in Asia. In 2015, he appeared in Tom LaBelt documentary, Your Own Way Out, presenting the highs and lows of the digital nomad movement. In 2021, Sivers published the book, How to Live, 27 Conflicting Answers and One Weird Conclusion. Sivers has a chapter in Tim Ferriss' book, Tools of Titans. Sivers currently lives in New Zealand, which he considers his real or ultimate home. Here's the basic scoop on Derek Sivers. He's like this. It, there's no way to just peg who Derek Sivers is. You can't just say he's just an entrepreneur. He's kind of like an entrepreneur slash philosopher slash nomad slash just, I wouldn't want to call him a guru, but he's just one of these one of these guys that is just like, just so He's, he's got such sage wisdom, and every time he's on a podcast, I can almost guarantee you, if you were to ask Joe Rogan, or I'm pretty sure he's been on Rogan's podcast, Tim Ferriss, all these different guys, I think he's actually been on James Altucher's. When Derek Sivers comes on your podcast, your numbers and your downloads go through the roof. People just love to hear what Derek Sivers has to say. And then when I found out that he was actually publishing his email address and that I might be able to actually contact him directly, I was like, well, I've got to at least give this a shot. And so I wanted him to come on the Jason Wright Show. So I thought, hey, let's give it a shot. Now, there's a lesson to be learned here. What you're about to hear is the exact email that I sent to Derek Sivers. Now, I know as well as you, a very popular figure like Derek Sivers who publishes and gives his email address out freely probably gets inundated with a lot of requests. So what you have to do is be extremely thoughtful when you're reaching out to someone like that and actually try to stand out. And here's how I did this. So here's the actual email that I sent Derek Severs to get him on the Jason Wright Show. Oh, and this was right after I had read his book, Anything You Want, which I highly recommend you grab as well. It's a short, quick read. I think it was recommended to me by Mitchell Cohen. Check that book out. Derek, I would love to have you on the Jason Wright Show. I would love to have you on to discuss contentment, what happiness really is, why money never makes you happy for the long term, and all the other wisdom you have to share. Heck, even if it was never aired, and we just had a moment of iron sharpening iron, that would be enough for me. Oh, and there's the, also the potential for the testimonial that I started a podcast. It cost me money. It wasn't all that great, but I had fun. I loved it, and before I knew it, I got to meet and talk to Derek Sivers. To me, that says it all. I hope you will consider it. I love your book, Anything You Want. My wife and I own a small children's boutique that she has built from the sweat of her brow. I'm about to put your book in her hands. She totally runs our business the way you ran CD Baby. She was there until 2 a.m. the other night and back at 5 a.m. And this is after being in business for 10 years. She's a badass. I think Anything You Want will be very confirming and inspirational for her. I know it was for me. So then I waited with bated breath. Then it happened. I looked in my inbox and there was an email 
from Derek Sivers. Hi, Jason. Wow. Thanks for reaching out and taking the time to write that introduction. Nice to get to know you a bit. I checked out your sites and really admire what you're doing. And yeah, I've been saying no to all interview requests, but I like the sound of those subjects. I just moved into a new house a few days ago, so my stuff is all a mess, including my recording setup. Can you ask again in January? So that's exactly what I did. I just waited. I waited on Derek. Then, after a few email exchanges later, the wait was over. So, Derek and I did something a little different. I knew he was extremely busy, and let's face it, it's the Jason Wright Show. It's not Joe Rogan. So, I thought, why don't I do this? Derek, why don't I just send you three questions to answer that I will then read your responses on the podcast, to which he said, that works. And so, here are those three questions and Derek Sivers' responses to these three questions. Now, here's a little lesson in this too. Just because you are going after a really, really big guest, or if you are out there trying to get a meeting with an incredibly big whale of a client, think Bud Fox trying to get into Gordon Gecko's office, don't take the initial hesitation, roadblock, or whatever. Up. Don't, don't take it. Just keep finding other ways. Had I demanded that the only way I ever got to talk to Derek Sivers was by getting him on the podcast, probably never would have happened. So what did I do? I threw him an alternative. And now, after I bet we've had at least seven email exchanges, now I actually got some personal feedback from Derek Sivers for you, the Jason Wright audience. So I hope you enjoy these answers to the questions that I posed to Derek Sivers. Here we go. Question number one. Derek Sivers wakes up one day and realizes he's never been born. Think It's a Wonderful Life and George Bailey. You know all about your life, CD Baby, the books, all of it. However, no one else knows you ever existed. What do you do first? Do you get a job? What job? Do you start to write again? Will you replay your entrepreneur's life? Hi, Jason. Good questions. Short answers, though. Number one, no job. Entrepreneur plus writing. Yeah, which this does not surprise me at all. If you know anyone who is truly an entrepreneur, then you know there's nothing else that they can do. And this did not surprise me at all. I know this from my own experience. I like to tell people I have not had a real job in over 20 years. And like my buddy Phil Burks uh, once said, entrepreneurs are the only people on earth who will work 90 hours a week to make sure they never have to work 40 hours a week. That's just the nature of entrepreneurs. And so someone like Derek Sivers, who is a chronic entrepreneur and has realized, and you got to go back whenever he started CD Baby. Again, this was almost by accident. He had written some code and figured out a way to actually publish independent artist music. This was before iTunes. This was before you could actually go. And in fact, there's a great story about Derek going into a business battle with Steve Jobs. So before there was ever iTunes and the iTunes store, there was CD Baby and Derek Sivers, this guy who basically gave an outlet, created a market for independent artists. So once you've done that and once you realize, hey, I can do something, I can create something, 
that is of my own benefit, that I can exercise my own creativity as opposed to just using all my gifts and talents for the benefit of others or being a cog in a will, then that's all you're ever going to do. So the fact that Derek Sivers said that, yeah, no, I'm only going to be an entrepreneur. And then what came later, what he's realized is that what his real fulfillment is, is writing. This guy has, he, he pays attention to life. He's very observant, and he's obviously an incredibly bright guy. And the cool thing is what he has done now, and this is one of the things that I'm trying to do. This is one of the reasons why this podcast exists. It's so fun once you figure some things out, and then you can share that with the world. You can figure out the things that can bring joy and fulfillment to others to create and write about those things. That's why for me, the Vitruvian letter and the stone chiseler and push play the books that I've written. That's why those exist. Now I don't in any, don't, don't get me wrong. I do not under any circumstance compare myself to Derek Sivers, but it does not surprise me that yes, he would want to start a business again. And yes, he would go to writing. So that was question number one. So thank you very much, Derek. Now let's continue. Question number two. You decide based on crazy scenario number one, you need a job because you like food and shelter. You land an interview. Feel free to tell me the sort of employer you hope to be interviewing with. The interviewer asks, well, Derek, why do you think you'd be a good fit for us? Again, he knows nothing about your wild success. What do you say? Now, what I was literally going for here was I was hoping that Derek would kind of evaluate himself and tell um, based on maybe some hypothetical scenarios, what he would give an interviewer. But here was his response. Again, not surprisingly. I wouldn't interview like that. See the attached article. And this is an article that Derek penned some 11 years ago. Actually, I think it was 12 years ago. How to get hired. In my 15 years running two companies and two bands, I've employed about 100 people. So from an employer's point of view, here's my best advice on how to get hired. Focus on one company. Do some soul searching to decide what you really want to do. Then find the company in your area that you feel is doing it the best. The company needs to be near you already. If you don't live near them, move there first or choose a closer company. Do not do this remotely. It doesn't matter if they're hire- if they're not hiring. Learn all about them. Read every page of their website. Become a customer. Read every article about them. Study and memorize this info. This only takes a few hours, and it is a much better use of your time than blasting resumes. If you don't really want to work for this company, pick a different company and do this section again. Tell them how much you want to work for them. Start contacting them to tell them how much you want to work for them. It doesn't matter who you speak to first. Start with anyone. Just start. Tell them, in your own way, you are my favorite company. It's my dream to work for you. If you have any aspect that could use a little help, let me do it, and I promise you it'll thrive. I'm that passionate about this. Eventually, contact different people in the company, especially the executives, not just human resources. Ideally, you could be more specific, telling them ways you could improve one of their projects, services, or products. Be persistent, though succinct. Combine phone, email, and in-person. You must use all three methods since each has its strengths. Always be succinct. Don't take more than two minutes of their time, but always show your passion and how much you can help them. Vary your message. Sometimes ask advice. Sometimes give advice, but always make it clear how much you want to work there. 
Do this every week. It's okay to be almost annoying. Polite manners don't prove passion. Do this until hired. Eventually, they will be hiring, and they'd be damned foolish not to hire you, especially when faced with the alternative of opening up the floodgates to help wanted ads. They'll much rather go with this person who has persistently proven their passion. Could do this with a few companies at once. If there are if there are sincerely a few different companies you would love to work for and you have the time, consider doing this process for a few companies at once. It might just be a movie, but I mentioned it earlier that when Bud Fox wanted to land Gordon Gecko as a client, every single day he had on his calendar to call and show his persistence. In fact, that's one of the, the, the famous lines of that movie. There ought to be a, 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 picture, a picture of you under the word persistence in the dictionary, Gordon Gecko says to Bud Fox. And it's one of the reasons why I did shorten the email that I sent to Derek um, first, just for your, for your benefit. But essentially, I referenced a number of his writings and a, a few things that I knew about his personality, some things in his background that I knew would resonate with him. The things that he and I shared in common is just two guys that had never met and probably never will, but I knew we appreciated some of the same things. And that's, I wanted him to know that I want you on this podcast, not because you are a big get, not because you are a big celebrity in the business entrepreneurial podcasting world, but instead because you and I share these experiences. We shared this worldview on certain things that I think we could really connect on. And that, in my opinion, I mean, you heard his response to me. I think it's because I went that extra mile to say, this is who I know you to be, Derek Sivers. This is who I am. And that's why I think we could have a good conversation. And I think that's also why me, just someone way out here in East Texas, actually got the the attention of Derek Sivers, who right now is sitting in New Zealand, most likely, unless he's traveling, because that's where he lives now. So take that advice. And for those of you who are younger listeners, and you're listening to this, and, and my daughters, if you happen to be listening to your old man's podcast, if you want to work for a certain company, go to LinkedIn and find every single person that you know that works for that company. Contact them and say, hey, how do I get in? I want to work for that firm. This is what I want to do. They do what I want to do. And here's why I would be good at it. It works. People, look, here's another thing too. The the old Zig Ziglar uh, uh, quote that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, this works right here. A company, if you're going to try to work for someone's company, they are not going to care nearly as much about how much you know as how much you care about their company. If you are trying to build a career, if you are trying to build a life, and you see that their company, based on one of your passions or multiples of your passions, or something that they, that they can connect with, then who do you think they're going to hire? So anyway, this was a great article. So once again, Thank you, Derek. Now let's move on to the next question. Question number three. You have done so many things. You can now seemingly do almost anything. I'm actually doing research for an article about regret. It seems most people, statistically speaking, don't list something they did as their biggest regret, but something they didn't do. Do you have one you didn't do? 
If you regret it, why don't you do it now? If you don't have one, please feel free to share any thoughts you have on regret and how to eliminate it. Would you use the hypothetical above to make some tweaks? I heard that too, but maybe because I've lived my life doing lots of things. So no real regrets except shouldn't have stuck with my ex. Sorry, that's no help. Actually, that's a huge one. And here's what it reminds me of. If you've never seen I Am Not Your Guru, the Tony Robbins Netflix documentary, then you need to go see it, first of all, because Tony Robbins is amazing, and it's just really cool to see what actually happens during one of his Date with Destiny deals. And it's not about, Tony Robbins wasn't behind it. Netflix came to him and said, hey, will you let us behind the scenes? And there's one particular scene in there where Tony is talking to this lady that she, it comes out in the course of this conversation. Now, this is in a room of like 2,500 people. And Tony calls out this lady, and she gets to talking about the guy that she's dating. And the long and short of it is, is that she's kind of a ball buster of a, of a girl, and the guy that she is, is dating is, is weak. And the reason why this has happened is because she has been hurt in the past. She's become a ball buster. So she went after this weak dude that she knows is not going to last for the long term. And so what Tony does is he basically says, if you do what the if you do what you know you want to do, would you still be with him? Or would you break up with him right now? And it comes out that she says, I break up with him. So then he said, get out your phone and do it. And this poor lady in the middle of this huge crowd. She calls this poor guy, and she breaks up with him. I told Jim when we were watching it together, I said, my God, this is, can you imagine being the person that goes to the, that doesn't go to the Tony Robbins seminar, how freaking obnoxious it is whenever the other person comes home for at least the first couple of weeks? It's kind of like whenever we were kids and you go to church camp, and then, you know, for the next three weeks or so, you are just jumping for Jesus. It's just crazy, and then you finally chill out and get kind of back to normal. Well, imagine this. Well, this poor guy's like, good Lord, I'm never letting another chick I date go to a Tony Robbins seminar. But the point is this. There are so many things that we know we need to do right now. Derek mentions that he wished he wouldn't have stayed with his ex as long. But my God, that's, it's cool. He said that just kind of quick and passive, but there is, it's such a powerful statement in that you and I both know, you know, some of, there's someone listening to this right now that you are with a toxic person and you're living through it, you're sticking around. And a lot of you, you do it because you just don't want to hurt their feelings but how much of your life and how much of their life is being wasted by you not ripping that Band-Aid off. It's the same thing with you managers and bosses out there, business owners. You have employees that you know right now that if I sat down and I was consulting you, I would ask, and I'm going through your roster of strengths and weaknesses of each of your team, you would say, I need to fire that person, and you haven't done it. Why? It doesn't mean they don't show up for work. They badmouth you. They're toxic. They're like a cancer that spreads throughout the organization, but you don't want to fire them because you feel bad. I've been there. The first person I ever fired was the most hideous and awful human being you could possibly fathom. Should have been easy to fire, but even that person was hard to fire. We don't like to fire. There are so many things like this with regard to relationships that we need to get out of right now. We know where it's going to end. 
We know where it's going to end, but yet we still stick around because we think, well, maybe they will change. But guess what? You're not going to change. If you're not going to change, the circumstances are going to change. Because here's the the reason why. And you don't have to change. You are you. You are your own person. They are their own person. And for whatever reason, what might have worked at one time, you've realized now it doesn't work anymore. Break it off. So therefore, I think that as quickly as Derek answered that, it was really very profound. Well, that does it for this episode of the Jason Wright Show, a Texas Titan Media production. Hey, Derek Sivers, if you're out there, if you actually listen to this one day, thank you so much, brother. That was so kind of you to give me that a little bit of that most valuable non-renewable resource all of us have, which is your time. So thank you. And to you, the listener, thank you for the same thing. Time is so very valuable. And the fact that you spend a little bit of it with me means more to me than you will ever know. And until we meet again, please go endeavor to improve always in all ways. That's a little bit about Derek Sivers. I'm Jason Wright, and I am out.